Hello and welcome to Quad Trivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Jeff with RMT Trivia in Chicago. I am Corey with Third Degree Entertainment in Spokane. I'm Aaron with Orange Cat Trivia in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Jason with Liquid Courage Entertainment in the Chicago area. And I'm Jeremy, also with Liquid Courage in Chicago. And welcome to the episode. Look at you, Jeremy, with this. I'm <laughs> also with. Would you just branch out on your own at some point? <laughs> I'm tired of daddying you. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, you come over here and I'll put you to work in Post Falls, all right? All right, sounds good. All right. Uh, just pay for my move and all that stuff. No. No. <laughs> but it's like in movies, the and is the most important and featuring Jeremy. I am not signing off on Jeremy being the and featuring of Quadrivia. I'm just letting you know right now. I mean, top bill, like, you know, that's usually how it works. Like the and featuring is like either technically the top bill or it's some random person nobody's ever heard of. So, oh, what's the director name they use when the director's so pissed off at the project that they want to sign their name to it? Alan Smithy? Yeah. You are the Alan Smithy of Quadrivia. <laughs> Ouch. I did a dumb right off the bat. I, I ran out of my first beer as we started, so oh. I'll be AFK for oh just a God. second. Of course he did. Rookie move. <laughs> I did a smart and had two shots and a beer before we started recording. I mean, there's a spot during this, probably in the next three or four minutes, I'm going to pour another rum and coke. Atta boy. Because I poured it right before we started, and I'm almost gone. I do a smart, and I have 35 cans of Diet Coke and a bottle of Jack Daniels that just sit on my desk. Do you mix the Jack Daniels with the Diet Coke, Corey? No, I just look at the Diet Coke while I drink out of the bottle. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's like uh, Hawkeye's martinis. Just stare at a picture of the man who invented vermouth while you drink your straight gin, right? <laughs> uh, no. Gives Jack and Coke a whole new name. You do a vodka martini, and you just look at an olive while you do it. <laughs> I forget, because I'm super used to making cocktails. Because I, I try really hard not to drink alone. So I'm used to making cocktails for two people, and we were make, uh, Rob was over here last night, we were making margaritas, so I was making margaritas for him, and then tonight I was like, I'll make a margarita for me, and I use the exact same recipe that I use when there's two people here, so I have plenty of margarita. There you go. Yeah. That a girl. Accidental success. <laughs> and do you have a daiquiri machine? Isn't that what brought us all here in the first place, though, Aaron? Accidental success? <laughs> I feel like success is a strong word. Corey, did you yeah. ask if I had a daiquiri machine? Yeah. Why the fuck would I have a daiquiri machine? So you can make frozen margaritas, stupid. <laughs> Look at me in my place. I mean, I have I have a blender. Yeah, last time I checked, that doesn't freeze shit. But why would you? <laughs> Very hostile. Have you ever done this before? Why would you? What's what? What's the point of a fucking frozen margarita? I've got a perfectly good regular margarita here in a cocktail glass, as God intended. 100% agree. I don't fucking drink margaritas anyways. I hate margaritas. You don't need frozen margaritas. That's an extra step between you and margaritas. Tequila, vermouth, and... No, Jesus. Tequila, lime, and triple sec is all you need. Don't put vermouth in a margarita. That's terrible advice. Aaron over there drinking tequila martinis. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm... Tequila martinis. The official drink of the Quadrivia podcast. The tequila oh, it really isn't. We could call it the tequila mockingbird. Aww. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that I mean, sticks. Jeff's kicked off. Yeah. Right. All right. See you later, everybody. Yeah. I, I can't touch tequila. That shit, it's, that is, it doesn't exist for me. Huh, more for Was me. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. No, yeah. it's one tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 
I'll tell you guys this, and I say it to my uh, to my local patrons all the time, and it's exactly this phrase: "Ever since the stripper, I can't even smell tequila." <laughs> That's what I love about tequila: is if you get a random sort of group of people who have consumed alcohol and say, "Tell me about your wildest night," eighty plus percent of them will start the story with, "Well, I was drinking tequila and," <laughs> and you re- you have to respect that. You're not wrong. When I was a much younger man, uh, like 14 years ago. I swear to God, you were going to say 14 years old and the story was going to take a turn. (laughs) A really good friend of mine was, she started off as a cheerleader for the uh, Seattle Sonics. And then they stopped existing. They sure did. (laughs) But while she still was, or sorry, she started off as a cheerleader for the uh, local arena football team. And then moved up to being a dancer for the Sonics. And I went over to... uh, hang out with her for a couple weeks in Seattle. We were drinking tequila and doing body shots off her and other dancers. I mean, there was actually ball players there. Like, it was this wild fucking thing. And even in front of NBA players and taking shots off the body of a professional, you know, cheerleader, I, nope, I just, I can't do it. (laughs) I was like, fuck it. Give me a beer. I don't need this. I love that those two things are somehow linked for you. Like, I hate tequila, but if I'm doing it off a professional dancer, it should be okay? Yeah. Huh. You should be able to keep it down at least. Okay, okay so. remember. It's performance anxiety. A man in his <laughs> early 20s is like peak trying to peacock. Like Fair point. You'll never meet somebody who is trying harder than an early 20s guy. Like Even then I was ready to give up. I said no. All right, so are you guys ready to hear the stripper story? Yep. Oh, yeah. All right, I am 21 years old. Uh, and I am sick in bed, basically to my death with like a severe flu, 103 degree fever, something like that, and just can't move, stuck in bed for two days. I'm also, at this time, the best man for a very good friend's uh, upcoming wedding, and I had to tap out of the bachelor party uh, because I was sick. Uh, said best friend um, did not agree with that and sent the rest of the groom's party to my house, physically lifted me up out of bed, shoved me in a car, drove me to the party where a stripper I didn't hire showed up and uh, proceeded <laughs> to uh, straddle me uh, in a bikini uh, and pour a significant amount of Jose Cuervo directly into my mouth. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh and that ended exactly as well as you think it would end. And to <laughs> this day... Ever since the stripper, I can't even smell tequila. Oh, goodness gracious. Wow. My best tequila stories generally involve me having a lot of tequila to drink and then making poor decisions without my pants on. Yeah. All of those are like happy (laughs) memories for me. None of them are really too bad. Uh, I feel like we might have already answered this because of all the alcohol talk, but our our, uh, opening topic tonight is uh, since the U.S. is starting to open back up, how is that affecting you? Wait, how much of that shit is going into this next episode? <laughs> oh, no, I thought that was the icebreaker. We might actually be cutting oh, this yeah. I thought that was point. all just like fucking around waiting for Jeff to get another beer. Yeah, no, as usual, I stuck in the rubric for the episode a potential topic of discussion to go over an icebreaker. And then we completely lost the fucking lead on it. I do think we should take a couple minutes to talk about that because this is some uh, decisions that are, you know, some... Uh, a hot topic right now of like as bars are opening back up and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it but how is that affecting you right now and maybe discussions with your normal venues um are you hearing anything yet is it still like are they on the same page where it's like not time to try to start packing the bars yet well i'll speak for us just really quickly because so far i have had 
one point of communication from any of our uh, venues in the last over two months. And that happened a couple days ago when the owner of our uh, regular karaoke venue, the only place that we do karaoke at, messaged me in the morning and said, hey, effectively, if all goes according to plan, uh, we are looking to open at the end of June. That is a Friday, which is our normal karaoke night. So I wanted to touch base with you. And that's all I've heard so far. And Honestly, if everything goes according to plan, uh, here in Illinois, we're on a five-phase reopening system. We just transitioned to phase three, which means the earliest we'll uh, transition to phase four, which is where limited public indoor gatherings are allowed, uh, will happen is at the end of June. So if that stays the course, I'm not opposed to getting back to work. The fundamental question becomes, what can I do to uh, protect people uh, in a karaoke context? And I don't have the answer to that yet. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, like sharing a mic, unless you have a backup set of 50 extra mics, like that's, that's a question you have to deal with. That's, you know, all of my trivia players hand me their answers. And I I came up with my little put your answers here tin that kind of helped that. But, you know, like the karaoke is a totally different monster. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's, um, it's going to be a whole lot of wipes and, uh, I just don't know. Uh, I think we're going to see what goes on here because it is another month or two before that's going to happen um, uh, at the minimum, I think. And I think we're going to find out kind of did the lockdown work for the most part or are we go- actually going to see that second spike people are talking about uh, without getting into it just because of what's happened in the past. If I, I mean, obviously, we all hope that that's not the case. We hope that this starts dying down. We hope that a vaccine comes out soon. But I think that it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on and be cognizant of. Mm-hmm. Aaron, how's because uh, you you hosted in real life in a brew pub, right? Yes. Are they? Have you heard from them? Are they doing okay? Because I mean, they're not a bigger they're not a bigger name. It's like a local brew pub, right? Right. Yeah. So Richmond's actually been kind of kind of weird. The whole Commonwealth state of Virginia went back. Phase one was what they called it. I think two weeks ago they were supposed to start reopening things and letting people do on um, do like patio uh, with certain restrictions and social distancing and fifty percent capacity and all that. The mayor of Richmond petitioned and, and successfully convinced the governor to not to exempt itself from the phase one opening. So Richmond just went into the phase one on this Friday, just gone. So my brewery, which is in the city, wasn't even able to have outdoor seating until Friday. So we haven't even talked about it yet. We're a little bit behind the rest of the state. I think the rest of the state's a little bit behind the rest of the country. So it's not even come up yet. Um, And I've been avoiding talking to the owner about just financials and feasibility because that's probably not what he wants to talk about right now. I figure he'll come to me. Yeah, I do absolutely sympathize with our, uh, especially our smaller venue owners who aren't set up to do things like uh, catering and carry out curbside and everything that's been going on uh that being said i wish that the mo for a lot of people wasn't you know let's rush this and you know get the economy back going my idaho venues uh they want me to start this tuesday they they want trivia backup starting in you know two days for us here well, I guess before we say yikes because um idaho had what like a total of 60 cases that's Um, true I mean, yeah. do you foresee Idaho? Is you that is that being a bad thing because of that area? Like, it, there's not a lot of touristry there, so you're not having a lot of people coming in from out of town. There wasn't a big spread. Do you feel like that is going to affect that area a little bit different as far as reopening and if it's actually safe to do so there compared to maybe other places? So I do feel like we can reintroduce it a little bit safer there. Um, however, while one of them is in Hayden, Idaho, 
which is north of Coeur d'Alene. It's, it's not really, you know, a touristy, not really people coming from a ways away to be there kind of town. The Thursday night location is in Post Falls, which is literally on the, the Idaho-Washington border. There's people in Washington that are only a couple minutes away, and if Washington venues aren't able to open up for entertainment and things like that, it would not be you know, inconvenient for them to just drive 10 minutes over to Post Falls and play mm-hmm. there. And so I do think it's going to be kind of an issue. Um, I am not excited about it. I do think it's too early, but I think that as long as we are very careful and, you know, take the right steps, the right precautions, we can mitigate any or as much risk as possible. I'm still working on figuring out what exactly that means. I am, at least for the foreseeable future, uh, I will be getting rid of all paper and pen answering in every venue, switching instead to phones using Triv now or the uh, mystical LKMS that our viewers, <laughs> listeners know nothing about. Like we encourage magic spreadsheet just so it's not too uh, weird when they're hearing that. Well, it was supposed to be all suspicious and secretive. <laughs> Jeremy, you fucking ruin everything. <laughs> he, he does. Uh, <laughs> you want him, you can have him. My, my biggest issue right now is that my Tuesday, Thursday host has decided he doesn't want to continue hosting. So now I'm in a scramble to either figure out if I'm going to be running that personally, uh, driving an hour and a half to Hayden, an hour to Post Falls, or if I can find somebody to take over for me in the next day. I wish you the best. Me too. So, uh, with that said... Uh, how about we move into our roundtable for the week? Uh, this is our roundtable that was brought to us by Olga in the email last week. Uh, we expanded on the topic a little bit, so there's more to talk about. But we are going to talk about a few things, such as uh, names, logos, uh, spreading the word of your brand. Things like that. It's all about branding. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, suggesting that, Olga. We were running out of ideas, so we appreciate being able to steal <laughs> yours and, uh, and and generate some kind of content out of it. So greatly appreciated. Yeah, not only did were we able to think about it and turn it into an entire episode, um, some of the discussion we had around what do we put in this one, uh, you know, branched into stuff for other episodes in the future. So thank you again for the email. And again, for everybody else, uh, you could suggest stuff to us as well. Uh, quadriviapod at gmail.com. Olga shot us an email and it, you know, it got the creative juices flowing. So thank you again, Olga. Um I, as not the brand owner, I may throw in some topics here, um, have decided to, I'm going to just moderate this uh, roundtable today and try to keep it moving forward in the right direction. But with that said, uh, let us start with uh, Jeff. I'm just going to go Ooh. off my list here. Me? Um, yep. We're going to, we'll start, we're going to kind of go roundtable style more than we normally usually do. So we're going to go through each of the topics. I want to hit each of the brands here. So Jeff, let's start with you with a RMT. How did you come up with your name? It's I I think I mentioned it in maybe the very first episode, uh, but anybody that knows me knows that I'm a Batman nerd and I like Batman a lot. And uh, the thought of being the person asking others questions immediately draws to mind, of course, the Riddler. And so I'm like, oh, maybe I could use like the Riddler's question marks or anything like that. And my, you know, that that kind of thing started stirring. And then. I didn't want a phrase as my company name. So I cut it to just RMT, which stands for Riddle Me This, which 
gets people like as soon as I say that out loud, the wheels click and they go, oh, you know what I mean? Because people don't, my name doesn't have R or M or T in it, you know, so it it doesn't really stand for anything in particular. It's just a nice sounding set of letters that stands for Riddle Me This. And I liked the sound of Riddle Me This, but it, it felt too long. I didn't want it to be a phrase in itself. I wanted it to feel more compact, more like a business name. Uh, so I searched it. I made sure that there wasn't any other RMT trivia or anything. You know what I mean? Did the did the background on it. And as soon as I did that, I actually started looking for Riddler wallpapers. Just anything that I could use as just kind of like an ad hoc logo or just a stand-in. And it's what I'm still using today. The, the picture of the Riddler that I use, it is a minimalist picture of the Riddler. So the, his face doesn't have any features on it. It's just a mask. Uh, and his trademark bowler cap. And it's not an official logo in any way because I lifted it from the internet. But anytime anybody asks me about it, I make sure to mention the artist. It was, I've actually reached out to him like three times. It's an artist named Andy Romero from Dallas, Texas. Uh, He goes by the name Bloop on a couple different art websites and you can follow him on Instagram at Scribblebot. And I've offered to pay to say, hey, can I like toss you some money for this? I, I know it's odd because it's a licensed character from somebody else, but at the same time, I feel bad that I've been using his art as kind of like my avatar on Facebook and the Twitterverse and social media, stuff like that. But it, it all just kind of came together. I just, uh, for my visual presentations, I just use the Riddler's face in the center and I write RMT trivia on either side. And there you go. I have a little splash screen that says my company name. It's about as close to an actual logo as I have right now. and But I do think that it does kind of set me apart a little bit just because I'm one of the few people in my neck of the woods that does like the full-on video presentation. So in, in terms of logo, <laughs> mine's kind of not really a logo because I didn't really pay anybody to do it. But at the same time, it, it's kind of stood in. And I don't know if you could really use licensed characters as your logo. So that's, that's kind of an interesting set of facts. So full disclosure, because I have to cover my butt, I'm not a trademark attorney, but I did, I, I played one in law school. <laughs> it's really interesting. And it's probably not even trademark. It's probably a copyright issue because those things overlap so much. But like in terms of using his art, I feel like he, you've made such a good faith effort that he couldn't really then come back and try to sue you for it. But in terms of it being a representation of someone else's licensed material, that's when you get into like super big, crazy... DC lawyers who are slapping season desist everywhere. So, like, I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to be like weird and scary. I think you're probably fine. I, I would I would say as a small like outlet, you know, like you're not making millions of dollars off this. Level. Yeah. And from what I've seen happen in the past, they would give you a cease and desist. They wouldn't just come after you and sue you. Yeah, no one's gonna come after you. Unless, of course, you'd made like I said, millions of dollars. Like, all right, yeah. you stop using our logo and you owe us a cut. <laughs> Jeremy, yeah. I have made a million dollars. Thank you very much for spreading all my business everywhere. Thank you very <laughs> oh. much. Well, now that it's recorded and live, I mean, they've got that as uh... ah, I fell into the trap. <laughs> when when you said DC lawyers, are you talking about Washington or Detective Comics? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. The Detective Comics lawyers in Washington. Yes, okay. it's very, very specific practice I just area. wanted to be sure. Double DC lawyers. Because if Marvel lawyers were getting involved, we'd be like, fuck right off. But Direct current Detective Comics, Washington DC lawyers, triple threat. 
So my connection to the Riddler, because I'm desperate to change the conversation. <laughs> when I was when I was out in Chicago at the beginning of March, I got a tattoo. It's a giant question mark. And it's a question mark because I'm an attorney and I ask questions professionally. And I'm a trivia host and I ask questions professionally. I think questioning is the best way to get yourself through life. Never be afraid to, qu- you know, whatever. But I showed it to Neil Fisher of Trivia and he was like, oh, the Riddler. And I'm like, fuck. And I... <laughs> It's, it's kind of even odds, like how people respond to it. Most people assume it's because of the trivia and the law stuff. But when I was moving last week, one of the movers comes up to me out of nowhere and goes, so are you a big Batman fan? And I have no context for this. I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, I stare at him blankly. And he's like, you've got that tattoo? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> so every time I hear the Riddler, I get like retroactively uncomfortable because that interaction was so weird. But <laughs> oh. So are you more like a Poison Ivy fan or? I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the whole rogues gallery, but but the, the, the tattoo, because it's hot out, I'm wearing shorts a lot, people can see it, like, I, I can't, I can only sustain so many Batman conversations, is the problem I keep running into. Um, also, I can only sustain so many legal conversations, but I do think that would be an interesting discussion for a later episode, perhaps. We can get in someone that actually knows what they're talking about, and didn't just do trademark fake law stuff in <laughs> law school. And I I was going to say, actually, this is going to be a good topic to go into later because we are going to discuss in a future episode um, legitimate business things and legalities and getting into the how do you how do you become a legal company for tax purposes and things like that. So um, we'll we'll probably hit on a lot of cease and desists and uh, kind of what it means to like go into more of the legal end in that episode. With that said, Corey, how did you come up with your name? I started trivia right around the same time i started working at a local marketing company and i originally created the business as nrc trivia which stood for not real cheese uh it was kind of an inside joke a friend and i had done like some some filming and and fun stuff under that name and so i just used it as a stand-in had this really really ugly type font that it looked like Swiss cheese and it had mice in it, and it was like yellow on this blue background. It was really <laughs> oh <my> bad, <laughs> and I was like, it started getting successful. I had several restaurants and bars that were reaching out to me and and people wanting me for private events. And being in a marketing company, I was like, well, maybe I should do this right. And so I was able to work together with uh, the people at that agency. And it was kind of a, a collaboration. I think it was my boss, the owner of the company, that actually suggested Third Degree. Because I'd been talking about how the company itself is built on this idea that we talk shit to our customers. Like, i asking them questions, but I'm being very aggressive about it. And I'm telling them how shitty they're doing. And she's like, so you're giving them the Third Degree? And I was like, I certainly am. Huh. And it just kind of grew from there. It's kind of awesome. Like... Very straight to the point, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially with the insulting, you know, third degree burns. Like, there's a lot of wordplay involved in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just had a lot of fun with it. And it stuck. Very cool. So, Aaron, how did you come up with your name? So, um, I started hosting just sort of as a as a side thing to do for fun. Um, and for the longest time, I was just called Weekly Trivia at Castleberg Brewery because that's what I did. I hosted Weekly Trivia at Castleburg Brewery. <laughs> and then I started getting involved in the trivia community on Facebook and the podcast community and all that. And for a while, I was having trouble getting a real grown-up job. And I was like, maybe I should 
make a go of trivia and try and make it like a full-time thing. I was like, well, I need branding. I need a logo and I need, you know, the company name. And I have this orange cat and his name is Orange Cat. And um, I, I hear him. Is that Orange Cat in the background? <laughs> that's actually Jimmy. Ah. But yeah, so orange people love Orange Cat because first of all, he's a big old doofy Orange Cat. And secondly, his name is Orange Cat. So people really resonated with that. And I wanted a trivia name that wasn't it wasn't trivia-ish. Like the, the terms in trademark, it's like you've got arbitrary or fanciful, which means they're, they're words that aren't necessarily related to the product that you're selling. They're just kind of words that you connect to your brand. I knew I wanted to go that route because all of the trivia puns had already kind of been played out in my area. And I started calling it Orange Cat Trivia. And people love it because people on the internet love cats. And that's the story. Um, a friend of mine is a graphic designer. And he developed my logo, which you guys may have seen. Um, around the internet, or if you ever played my game, um, it's just a, it's just an orange cat. It hits the nail right on the head. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, Aaron? Yes. Of the three big orange cats in popular culture, mm-hmm. which is your favorite? What? Uh, Garfield, Heathcliff, and what's the third one? And Tigger. Ezreal oh. from Smurfs. Of the uh, five Hobbs, yeah. big orange cats in popular <laughs> culture, Lion-O. We'll say so. We'll say Garfield. Heathcliff, okay. Azrael, Streaky, and Goose. What about Hobbs? Does he count? He's a tiger. Of the six big <laughs> orange cats. Are we just disincluding Tigger? And what about Tigger? Did Tigger fall off that list somehow? He did. So the seven you know what, back, big... Fuck off Hobbs, too. Hobbs is a tiger. Tigger's a tiger. We're going back to five. Then we have to throw in Tony, which would make it eight. He is a tiger. We're on five. We've got Streaky, Azrael, Goose, Garfield, and Heathcliff. Of those five, uh, why don't you rate them as an orange cat professional? Yeah, fuck, Mary, kill these cats, as far as Aaron. <laughs> I am not super familiar with, like, three of those. I'm not going to tell you which three. I'm just going to tell you my favorite orange cat is Orange Cat. That's a solid answer. Well, well thank you. played. Very diplomatic. Uh... <laughs> uh, so with that said, Jason, how did you come up with the name Liquid Courage? So I think I've alluded to this uh, in a previous episode, but I I absolutely shit you not that the story begins in like March of 2003 in a Denny's at like 2 a.m. after a karaoke night. I was sitting there with a couple good friends after a karaoke show, uh, and for whatever reason, I had just dropped out of, I think, my third college at that point. Um, I was working two different restaurant jobs, uh, and it just moved back home. So I was kind of itching to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life. So the conversation came up after what ostensibly is a very good karaoke show about, well, why don't we put together like a a group and and do this ourselves? Uh, Two of those people pretty quickly just kind of uh, abandoned the concept after that initial conversation. But my very good friend from high school, Bob, joined in with me on it. He was all in. And we decided for a karaoke company, the name Liquid Courage worked really well it kind of it told the story right on the cover uh that that's the thing that people talk about and joke about using to get up on stage and sing in front of people and we have the genius idea and i joke about this all the time but the actual reason that liquid courage is spelled with a k is because karaoke is spelled with a k oh Fast forward, of course, to seven years later, and I'm now a trivia host, and Liquid Courage is not a great name uh, that evokes trivia in any way, shape, or form. I have gone through a couple iterations of the name over the years. We were originally Liquid Courage Karaoke, and then uh, as we broke into like weddings and DJ services and stuff, 
we were branding as LK Entertainment because, you know, nobody wants, no bride wants to tell her mom that, oh, I hired a DJ named Liquid Courage for my wedding. So we went with LK Entertainment for a while, and then we did another big rebrand a couple years later and decided that we'd lean into the Liquid Courage name, especially after we started doing trivia. And like, you know, this is how people know us. So we just became Liquid Courage Entertainment. I like that forward thinking on doing uh, more, dare I say, classy events where just the name itself would maybe evoke images that you wouldn't want associated with your brand. I, that That's at least a really smart take for me. It's the... It was my same thinking with, I mean, not for the same reasons, but it's easier to do three letters than it is an entire phrase. And if if it comes up, it's something you could talk about, but it's, you know, you don't have to write a check to someone called Liquid Courage, you know, for your daughter's wedding. <laughs> I, I that, That's a smart take, Jason. If I could go back in time and go back to that conversation, I would just call myself Liquid K because for 17 years now, I have had to tell everyone I've ever met that courage is spelled with the letter K. And whenever I forget, uh, people end up going to the wrong website or the wrong Twitter account or the wrong Twitch account. Uh, and it happens remarkably often. In fact, I was in uh, the show notes for a podcast episode that I recorded for somebody. I believe I played on that episode. And if you go to like the behind the scenes uh, website that tracks that show, up until I caught it, the uh, link to my Twitch channel was just straight up wrong because the person who had put it together went solely on what I said, and my dumbass forgot to say with a K. <laughs> you know, actually, that was feedback from the very first episode of our podcast. People said uh, that we need to clarify that it's Liquid Courage with a K. Jason, if you woke up to me and said, hey, my name is Liquid K, I'm going to assume your next sentence is going to be selling me drugs. Yeah. <laughs> that is a solid counterpoint. So yeah. I will I will wear the yoke that I placed around my own neck as a drunk 21-year-old back in 2003. Hoisted on your own petard. Yep. I mean, look, I'm a 35-year-old single lady whose business is named after my cat. We all have crosses to bear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into uh, part two of this and talk about our logos, because that was the other thing brought up in the email. Uh, Jeff, you kind of hit on it a bit. Is there anything you wanted to add about your logo? I know you'd mentioned the name of the company and then the, uh, the Riddler. Yeah, it, it, it basically, the the entire thing came as a package deal for me. Like once I decided to go with Riddle Me This, it made sense to use some sort of, I was thinking about maybe just the bowler hat or uh, most likely the same question mark that Aaron has tattooed on her, which is very recognizable to anybody who's seen uh, Batman Forever as being like the Riddler question mark, uh, which might be why you're getting so many Batman conversations. But... I, I just wanted something that was evocative of the Riddler without being just a picture of the Riddler. Cause that's, you know, I, you know, I know enough to not just straight up use a picture from a comic book as my, as my logo, or as I like to call it, like my online avatar. Um, so I wanted something that kind of had that feel, but isn't necessarily a direct representation of the character. So I like what I settled on. I'm still, you know, I'm still sad that the guy won't email me back, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, if he eventually does, you know, I'd be very happy to send him some of my dollars. But it just kind of made sense to me to have something evocative of that character, you know, even if it was just his hat, because that enough is something with a question mark. And you know, a lot of a lot of trivia companies use question marks instead of different letters and stuff like that in their logos and i wanted to do something a little bit different than that but you know 
I don't think mine is nearly as interesting as anybody else's just because mine's stolen from the internet. <laughs> I'd like to hear why Corey's has a, a different colored eye. For those of you who have never seen it, it's a two-faced owl with three eyes and two beaks. It's a Cronenberg logo, basically, yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, it's very similar to the name. Um, it was all kind of a package deal. Once we came up with the name Third Degree, I got to work with Sophie. She was the designer, but also like the office manager. She was in charge of everything. And uh, we got to, to work together. She'd show me a lot of images and a lot of logos and ideas, and I'd point out the ones that I liked. And she just kind of took that and started putting together some concepts. And one that we latched onto really early was the owl, primarily because, you know, the owl has this place in, in culture and in stories as being a wise creature. So it naturally lends itself to being a part of trivia and a being you know, something smart. It's also something that comes out at night and most of our events happen at night. And then from there, it was just a lot of kind of putting the, the small touches to it. It originally looked much more like two separate owls. It was more clearly defined that it was one owl behind the other to symbolize that you've got, you know, a team playing trivia that there's multiple people involved and there's people helping out but then we kind of liked the ambiguity of it being either a three-eyed creature or maybe being two of them and we yeah we went with the ambiguity it just it felt more interesting and more thought evoking and there is a lot of symbology in it in general like i said the owl being a wise creature uh, being nocturnal, something that comes out at night, plus having three eyes. You hear a lot of references to the third eye as being a uh, intuitive or moderately successful late 90s pop rock act. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, that too. Um, and then you've got the third eye being blue because it is third degree. If you took If you took everything else out of the logo except those eyes, they would look like three degrees signs. And the uh, third one is blue, just to make it stand out. And... Look at you with all the thought put into every aspect of your Yeah, logo. right? Mine's just yeah. a fucking cat. I'm over here like, <laughs> I like the Riddler, duh. <laughs> just steal the first picture of him on the internet. Yeah, man, it's the internet. <laughs> Bitches love cats. Let's give him a cat. Like That's as far as I went. Hey, man, draw me a cat? Cool, thanks. Aaron, your name is Orange Cat Trivia. Your logo is an orange cat. How did that come about? Got an orange cat. His name is Orange Cat. What What else do you people want? Shut up and listen, bitch. I ask the questions around here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think that uh, as far as branding goes, though, they see, I, I mean, Aaron, example, I mean, there's not a lot more to add, and I'll let you talk here in a second, too. But, like, people see the orange cat. They know of Orange Cat Trivia. Like, that's the first thing it elicits in their mind. That's branding. That's smart branding. And it, it just kind of worked out that way. Um, again, people on the internet were going crazy. Like, the first Geek Bowl I went to in Boston in 2018, people were coming up to me, who I did not know who they were. And they were like, hey, how's Orange Cat? And I'm like, this is weird. But <laughs> I was like, maybe I have something here. So so was there anything else uh, that went into your logo? Like, did you like go over a bunch of concepts? Did you... Uh, did they have a, a bunch of different ones for you to look at, or was it just like, first one, here we go? 
So I have, like I said, um, I, have a, I kind of jumped the gun before, but I have a friend who's a graphic designer, and I said, hey, man, what would it cost me to have you put together a graphics package for me? Because you should never ask people to work for free, even if they're your friends. He was very kind, and he said, let's hang out, buy me dinner, I don't mind doing it. And he, he put together, and I have it somewhere, he basically put together a bunch of different pictures of the orange cat silhouette doing different things, because he's a cat, right? So you can't pin him down. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. So I've got one where he's the, the one with the paw up, which is the one that I use on most of my materials. I've got one where he's on all fours. I've got one where he's like curled up. And the plan was if the brand, because this is when I was trying to expand the brand um, and try and get several venues around the city. The plan was to have sort of a different cat for every location because again, he's a cat. He's going to do whatever he wants. And that obviously didn't take off and I've ended up sticking with the one that's on my Facebook logo but the concept it was really high concept my friend Jeff did a really incredible job and I'm super grateful to him that you know the only thing he charged me was dinner but again don't expect your friends to work for free ask what they want uh want you to pay them please because they need to get paid for their work and I I think uh to add to that a lot of times as you found out uh, a good friend uh and again I, I think tossing people money is a great thing too but a lot of good friends will be like well, I mean, we've been friends for a long time. How about you buy me dinner? How about you give me a case of beer and give me some drinks next time we're at the bar? But still pay them something. That is a very good thing to keep in mind for everybody. Um, as the big saying goes, exposure doesn't pay the rent. And if they want a case of beer, get them a case of beer. If they want dinner, get them dinner. Like, just give them their asking price. Jason, let's move on to you then. I know part of this story, but uh, this is all yours. So how about you uh, tell us how you came up with... Uh, Actually, I think both of the logos, it changed recently. Yeah, no, let's let's go back to Corey and unwrap many, many more layers of the 15,000 turtles stacked down that is his apparent logo. I love you. <laughs> this feather on the owl represents Spokane somehow. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's eastern Washington, and then the other feather is north Idaho. <laughs> it is cool, though. I think that kind of stuff... People like a brand with that kind of thought and layer. Like, I mean, I, I was glib, but I respect the hell out of it. Like, you put a tremendous amount of thought into what you did, and it makes it really cool. And that's why people like it. Like, the email that we got said that yours is her favorite, or their favorite. It's because you've got a really, really captivating logo. I'm staring at it right now, and I like it. I like it, too. It's fun. Yeah, and that's what you want. Oh, do you? Because I just um, did an event for somebody who happened to be a graphic designer, and they said, let me pay you with a logo. And I said, sure. And now I have a logo. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I like yours too. When you when you first introduced the the new one, I was very happy for you because it. Well, I'll let you talk about it because it's yours. But oh, like the hundred iterations of back and forth uh, design that we went through. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun process. I guess I'll start back at the beginning. Our original logo. Um, this is again back in two thousand three. So if you guys are familiar with like the old uh, Absolute Vodka ads from like print magazines and whatnot back at the beginning of the century, if those are reminiscent at all to you. Uh, I basically took in terrible uh, MS Paint, I'm pretty sure, uh, skills. I grabbed a bottle of Absolute Vodka and I like pasted a microphone on top of the mouth of the bottle and then had a terribly like drawn microphone cord go around the bottle and it said like Liquid Courage at the top uh, or on the bottle itself and at the bottom it said Absolute Karaoke. It was... I was 22. It was terrible. <laughs> I had a friend who later went on to work for Disney Pixar as an animator uh, get me a 3D render of it because he said my job was so bad at designing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we abandoned that relatively quickly, and then I didn't have a logo for a number of years. So I basically had a word mark, and it was stolen for a while straight up from Coca-Cola. I used their font. Uh, <laughs> and then I would put other, like, inane pictures on top of it, and we would, you know, make cheap-ass t-shirts and give them out at events and everything. Uh, eventually, a, a friend of mine who was a karaoke and rock band show regular of mine, because I used to do, like, the video game rock band live in bars for a while, said, hey, I went to school for graphic design. Give me some money, and I'll make you a logo. And he did. And it was awesome for the concept of what I was doing then, which was karaoke and like interactive video gaming and DJing. So it was a bunch of like silhouetted figures and a rock band on stage. And it was all done in these like dark blues and blacks. Uh, and it looked awesome. And that was our logo. And Jeremy can attest to this for several, several years, probably about a decade. Uh, and then, as I kind of alluded to, uh, I did this pseudo charity event for a local pride organization. I say pseudo because... I don't feel like I gave anything. Um, I got to hang out with some really cool people and didn't charge a dime. But the uh, person who organized it uh, on their behalf said, hey, I can't not give you something. I happen to be a graphic designer. Her name is Elena Humphreys, and she is absolutely fantastic. She's done logos for a couple people in the co-op at this point. So in exchange for doing this work that wasn't really work for the local pride organization, uh, Elena, awesome person, great designer, took some time out of her very busy schedule and worked with me to design a new logo. And I'm really, really happy with it. We went back and forth on some design stuff, uh, obviously, but we ended up as a result of changing that logo, changed kind of the tagline that my company goes by. It used to be uh, innovative, interactive, mobile entertainment. And we have that, and we rarely use it. We have that for about 15 years. Uh, so when I tried to kind of pigeonhole that into the new logo, mobile entertainment didn't work. So I looked at the words innovative and interactive, and I strained a little bit to come up with some third thing, because obviously rule of three, if you're going to do something twice, do it a third time. And the best word I came up with that both fits the branding and kind of fits the parallel structure of those other two words was intoxicating. So I have versions of the logo that don't include like the circular exterior logo that has the tagline in it, but I've never used them because I think they're integral to it. Yeah, it, it definitely does play well with just the, the visual aspect of it because it does kind of create almost like this peace sign look with like the martini glass in the center. And I think you're right that the, the three words around the outside do kind of bring it together as a whole. Jeremy, any other questions for us before we uh, wrap this up? One thing that we with the logos and everything, uh, how do you encourage brand recognition amongst your uh, your regulars or you know people that have been joining you in a stream now? Uh, what are you doing to get your logo out there and encourage brand recognition so when people see it, they know it's you? Uh, let's start with let's go backwards here. Start with Jason on that one. Well, as far as streaming goes, um, if you've been in my stream, you'll see in the lower left hand corner, I have a version of my logo. We took the the circular logo that I have and I stuck it on top of a biohazard symbol. Uh, and we're now calling it the Liquid Corona logo. <laughs> so that's uh, that's really my current branding. Obviously, it's on our social media stuff. It's my icon on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I am now building into merch, specifically T-shirts. So it appears on all our T-shirt designs. We have a T Public store that we started about six, seven months ago. Um, I have a 3D printer now because my mother-in-law is awesome and got me one for Christmas. So I don't know what to do with it if I'm not playing D&D. So I set it up to print uh, plastic, like four inch diameter coasters that are my logo. So we're sending those out as Patreon rewards. Really just, just any excuse to get that imagery in front of somebody. I will take advantage of that 100%. What about you guys? I mean, for my game, I have 
a slideshow and there's the little cat is on every slide. And my cats are an integral part of my stream. You can redeem channel points for me to go bother them. It's a whole thing because people fucking love cats. Outside of that, I think my, my concern is less with building my brand than I think it is for, for Corey and Jason um, and Jeremy. But, you know, when I hop around to other Twitch streams, Orange Cat Trivia is my Twitch name. And, you know, you guys always call me out as, as Orange Cat, which is cool. And I think people have, like I said before, you know, people at Geek Bowl knew me as Orange Cat's mom instead of by my name. So <laughs> I feel like those connections have been pretty firmly drawn. Wait, it's Erica, right? Something like that? Erica, Ariane. Yeah. Jane, what the hell's your name? <laughs> so fun fun fact aside again, um, when I meet a guy at a bar and he asks me for my name and I don't want to tell him my name, I tell him my name is Susan. So if we're ever out drinking and some guy comes up to you and says, tell me about your friend Susan and points to me, under no circumstances should you give him any accurate information about me. Uh, uh -oh. Is that carte blanche to make up absurd shit? Yeah, perfect. She, she's got a body count of about 567. 68. I've been very productive. But yeah, it's not, like I said, it's not as big of a deal for me as I think it is for some of you guys, but I definitely try to use the Orange Cat Trivia name. And I try to be mindful when I inter am interacting with other people in other streams that I am doing so as my brand. And I want that to be true to what the brand is, even if my brand voice is slightly different than my voice. I'm a little bit more of a bitch than the Orange Cat Trivia brand, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the flip. My, my brand is a little more of a bitch than I am. You're pretty hostile all the time. That's because I'm always trying to represent my brand. <laughs> you take away the microphone, the webcam, or the room full of people looking at me, and I like to just kind of sit down and watch instead of be a dick to everybody. But, I mean, I think kind of like Aaron, you, you've you uh, done a really good job. I think you, you visit all the Twitch channels and everything as third degree, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do have another um, off-brand name that i jump in with uh, from time to time but i figure shit i am my business i mean it, i'm still a sole prop like i do everything and so the more i can introduce people to the name you know the more i can saturate the market and get third degree entertainment out there you know eventually it'll stick awesome and then uh jeff what about you mine's pretty easy uh i don't really worry about branding too much i mean in terms of Social media, Twitch, all that stuff has has RMT trivia as the name. But it like like Corey said, I'm my brand. I don't have any other hosts that work for me. I write and host all of my own games. Um, I really only have one weekly game that really its strength is my relationship with my players. So I'm not as worried about the branding right now just because of the small amount of regular weekly shows that I have. I'm more worried just about representing myself and my game with good content. And so when it comes to like the logo that I use, that's why I've never really looked in too much to getting anything official or registered trademarks or anything like that is because it's just not something I need to worry about right now due to my very minuscule footprint. So yeah, just aside from trying to get all of my stuff named RMT Trivia, that's about as far as I take it. All right, so uh, I believe after that, that's going to take us into this week's keyword challenge. If you guys are amenable. Yes. Sounds good. 
All right. Uh, we have all done this several times. We are seven episodes in, so I assume the listeners don't need much of a recap. But uh, one of you sent us a word, a phrase, a name. We're about to look at it and then spend 10 minutes writing our best effort trivia question that connects to that word, phrase, or name in some way, shape, or form. So without further ado, if you guys are ready, this one uh, comes to us courtesy of Katie in Lyle, Illinois. And the keyword for this week's challenge is druid. Ooh. <laughs> Interested to see what uh, five different directions or just one direction five times we take this. Somebody pay me $5 to not write a D&D question. <laughs> well, I'm going to write a D&D question, so I'll fight you. Dang it. I think I've already got one. Well, let's find out together, guys. Uh, we've got 10 minutes, so uh, best of luck to you, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. Jason here. While the host and I step away to think about our keyword challenge, we just wanted to remind you you can check us out online at Quadrivia Pod on Twitter. On Facebook, just search for Quadrivia Podcast. And you can always email us at quadriviapod at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And now, back to the show. All right, guys, we are back from our 10 minutes. Um, let us see what everybody came up with with our uh, keyword challenge. I'll, I'll start here because I'm going to be that guy <laughs> and jump right in this because I feel I am the biggest geek and I hear Druid and my mind just kind of exploded. There are so many ways I could go. Shapeshifters who harness the elemental forces of nature in games like Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft and priestly classes who generally worship the goddesses of Tuner and Karana in the Narathian world of EverQuest are better known by what five letter class name? Oh, I think I know this. <laughs> yeah, I, I went with the answer being the keyword uh, with this one. Again, okay. being the big geek. Uh, pretty good for geek trivia. I like that there's the two points of entry in there. Uh, so if you're not a D&D nerd, but you are like a video game nerd, you can approach it that way. Uh, if you're not that kind of nerd, I think there's enough in there just from like the lore of druids to be able to take an educated guess at it. Yeah, I threw I made, made sure to throw in like shape shifters, nature. If you're into any kind of video game stuff, like uh, who are the uh, priests? Because they're usually a priest type class. So, I mean, the druids. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a real life aspect to it. I went I went the geeky route. I totally did. But I feel like there's it's gettable with I, I tried to leave enough clues in there to be like, all right, well, it could be a few things just knowing what even the real life reference might be. Um, so what did uh, you come up with there, uh, Aaron? From the I misunderstood the assignment file, Princess Vespa is from the planet Druidia, which is known for its many resources, including its bountiful supply of air. Although their fates are far from identical, the planet Druidia is intended to be a spoof of what planet from the Star Wars film universe? <laughs> hey, Aaron. We're going to be on the same team this week. Uh, <laughs> no <just> way! <laughs> I think this is the first like, completely legit time that this has happened, but our questions are really, really similar. Um, you know, it's funny. I almost went there, too, and I made the joke when we were coming back from the break. And I didn't realize Erin actually did go there. I thought she said she just looked it up, which makes it even better. I mean, I did look it up, and then I wrote the question. <laughs> now, the wording of your question answers my question, but let's go back to, to answering yours. Uh, I'm guessing that would be, just on my somewhat limited Star Wars knowledge, uh, the planet Tatooine. Oh, it's Alderaan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alderaan. Okay. oh right, because that's the one that got blown up in Episode 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's the one that Princess Leia is from. Oh, right, right. Analog for Leia. It's a whole thing. 
Yeah. I decided that I didn't want to write a question about Dungeons and Dragons, and I didn't want to write a question about Celtic mythology, which narrowed my options somewhat. So I went the uh, deliberate misunderstanding route. Yeah, so I feel like based on that, I should probably uh, go with my questions since they're effectively identical. Uh, and again, because the wording of your question kind of answers mine, but here's mine. Portrayed by Daphne Zuniga in the film Spaceballs, the princess of the planet Druidia, or as Lone Star punnily called her, the Druish princess, was known by what first name, despite never being seen riding a particular two-wheeled contraption? Funny, she doesn't look Druish. I don't think you guys are on the same team. That's far enough away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's similar, but... Okay. Definitely, uh, you're good. Yeah, I just worry that the reveal on the answer is kind of lost, because Heron's, uh, named the character specifically in hers. Yep, sorry. And we both wrote about the exact same character from the exact same film. I don't remember her first name, and I've seen that movie probably a hundred plus times. Aaron said it 90 seconds ago, Jeremy. It's Vespa, like the Vespa scooter, yep. which is Italian for the word wasp. I thought that was her last name, because isn't it King Vespa too? No, it's King Roland. King Roland, yeah. Oh, you're right, it's King Roland. Oh my gosh, wow, my brain just, I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had written this question a week ago, so when Vespa turned up in Learned League last week, I would have known it was wasps and not fucking snakes. Literally, in my head, I was going Christmas Vespa. That's her last name. What's her first name? Like, it just, like... Princess. Yeah, that was a question. I, well, not that question, but uh, my very first year of hosting at the bar that I currently host at, one of the questions I did was, what is the name of the princess from Spaceballs and a model uh, or a brand of Italian scooter and the Italian word for wasp? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, rule of three comes up again. Uh, Corey, for the love of God, please <laughs> tell me you didn't write a question about Spaceballs. <laughs> In the movie Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, actually, I'll probably get in trouble with this question because Nicolas Cage has been in so many movies. Uh, inevitably, there will be another one that could be a technically correct answer here. But let's limit possibilities to films that had a large theatrical release. Hopefully, that'll narrow it down. That being said, which film follows Cage as he travels to a small island that is under the control of hostile forces and had a major plot point involving a common druid practice? Is this The Rock? It's not. I wanted you to say The Rock. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. This is The Wicker Man, right? Like, I, I wanted to riff on you commenting about how terrible of movies Nicolas Cage has made, and I kept my damn full mouth shut, thankfully, because I'm like, he wrote about The Wicker Man. I bet you he wrote... I bet you anything. He wrote about the Wicker Man. <laughs> I mean, that's a good pull. I have not actually seen the Wicker Man, which is weird because I've seen a lot of Nicolas Cage's movies. I've seen a lot of movies. Oh, my God. You have to see both immediately. The original Wicker Man is such a good movie. <laughs> and the new Wicker Man is such a bad movie. It's the best double feature ever. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, there's the scene in the new Wicker Man. I don't want to spoil the plot. I'm not going to spoil the plot. It's but 14 there, years old. Spoil it. There, There is a scene where Nicolas Cage is dressed up in a bear suit and he runs down a hill and punches, <laughs> punches some lady in the face and then like runs off. And there is a, there is a clip of, of just that scene that they put it in slow-mo and set it to the music of Chariots of Fire. Oh, and it's like the, one of my favorite YouTube clips of all time, because if you've never seen it, you have no idea what's happening next. But it is such, it is, oh my God, he just chews the scenery. It is such a great bad movie. But the original is so good. It, like, you have to watch both of them. They're, they're amazing. 
Like, it's one of those, like, I know he's in this movie, and, like, I'm going to watch it at some point, but I've never gotten around to it. And now I'm like, okay, now I have to see this movie. I kind of skirted both sides. I didn't, going into this, I was like, I don't want to write a D&D question, but I ended up writing a D&D question, of course, because me. But, uh, so my question, uh, I'm not super happy with, just because... Uh, I'll get into, I'll read it first. I'll read it first, and then I'll tell you why I'm not happy with it. But, known for their connection to nature, and first appearing in the 1974 supplement book Eldritch Wizardry, what Dungeons & Dragons character class is named after high-ranking religious leaders from Celtic culture? And, of course, the answer is druids. But I wanted to, well, first of all, I wanted to write something that wasn't about D&D and of course I couldn't in the time limit so I just fell back on what I knew but this is one of those questions where I try not to write ones that are just you know it or you don't Mm -hmm. and the inclusion of their first introduction in the very first edition of Dungeons and Dragons before it was even a subclass of cleric from just a random book that Gygax wrote like in the 70s that's that's a super deep piece of information about that class that that's not a really viable clue to anybody. The only real viable clue in there is their connection to nature. If you've played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the nature spellcasters or druids. Um, and then uh, high ranking religious leaders from Celtic culture that might bump a couple punch bowls enough to make people think of like the kind of eerie Northern Great Britain island area you know like uh, stonehenge and the you know men in robes with the lamp lighters and you know shit like that which is where i wanted to go i wanted to find a a really interesting inroad to like that kind of mythology behind like the creepy lone druid type th- and i just couldn't get one in time that i was satisfied you know it just wasn't satisfactory to me with what i came up with so i'm like well i could talk about wow or i could talk about dungeons and dragons so of course i went with dungeons and dragons i mean it's straightforward but it's good it's a nice i knowing your game it'd probably be about a round two question yeah some sometimes keep it simple stupid yeah and my only concern with it would be that like if you don't play dungeons and dragons at all it's a it's a pretty specific question I mean, there's definitely inroads with the leaders of Celtic culture, but it, I would feel bad asking that deep of a, a question about D&D stuff. For if you've never played D&D, why would you think the Druid was a class? Fair enough. But uh, but uh, I mean, it's a workable question for sure. It has an answer, and it's there is a arguably correct answer. Yeah, I think that Druids are in enough other games, though, that it still kind of works. Like, aren't they in... Diablo and EverQuest and yeah. World of Warcraft. like They're in a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty much anything that gets its like, roots from Dungeons & Dragons, a lot of RPGs will use Druids as one of their classes. Yeah. It's it's just not... Uh, of all of the ones that non-D&D players would at least be able to guess at off the top of their heads, it's not a really simple one. So it, it makes the question super simple for people that play D&D and not very simple for people that don't play D&D and maybe aren't familiar with ancient Celtic religious leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. like, overall, it just doesn't... I I don't think that this question, as it stands now, would make it into my game. I would probably play with it a little bit more, uh, move it around, maybe move the phrasing or talk a little bit about, like, add an extra clue as, like, an extra sentence afterwards. Yeah. 
but I just didn't have I didn't have time in the ten minute time limit to get it to where I wanted. That's that's part of the fun of this, definitely. That, that is part of the fun of this. I've had trouble in the past here too. Where I just got to go simple. Like I, I'm trying to write this big like this big question, and it's like it's not working. I, I I need more time. But that again, that's why we have our limit. Like we you know ten minutes you're in. Like yeah. Can I level with you guys about how my process went? Yeah. Seven minutes googling entrances at WrestleMania of the Undertaker. <laughs> nice. Trying to figure out how to make that connection because for uh, big entrances, the Undertaker frequently comes out with a series of like local workers who dress up as druids. So I spent several minutes researching like, have any famous people been those druids? And there were a couple, but these were like hardcore wrestling questions. So there was no strong entry point outside of that. So I went a little further. I'm like, well, maybe I make it like an easy but obscure sounding wrestling question. And originally the question I was going to write was going to ask you to identify the wrestler whose entrances over the years have included motorcycles, druids, and fireballs or something along those lines. And I, I wasn't super happy with that. So I decided to, to go a route I thought nobody would go, Aaron, <laughs> and go with uh, Spaceballs. So. Well, there were almost three. Like I said, there were almost three Spaceballs. I'm like, eh, it's Druish, not Druid, like in my head. And I'm like, no, I got another one that just came to my head. I literally did very minimal research just to make sure I was right about part of it and wrote the question, um, which means this was totally in my wheelhouse. So thank you, Katie. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Katie from uh, Lyle, Illinois. Yay, I would say to Katie. Yay, Katie. <laughs> Well, we can sit here and debate which of our uh, quickly written questions was the least worst, but I say we throw it out to the audience. If you guys want to tell us who wrote it best, make sure you vote on our poll. You can find the link to that on our Twitter page uh, when this episode drops, at QuadriviaPod. And Corey, I think there's a direct link to that poll now outside of Twitter. Is that true? Yes. QuadriviaPodcast.com. Right now, just go straight to the poll. There are some reported issues with mobile users going to it, so if you do that and it looks weird, I'm sorry, I know about it, I'm working on it. But, in general, Quadrivia Podcast will take you directly to the poll until we actually have a website. At some point, we will have to announce what the results of these polls are, because right now I think they're hidden information, and also I'm mad at that information, Corey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Corey's won all of them. <laughs> no confirm, no deny. So, does anyone have trivia questions? I do! <laughs> I finally get to run the game! Yeah, you say finally like we've been holding you down. You haven't opened your damn fool mouth for seven episodes. That's, that's true. I like to play. I'm very much a player. So, what I did is I took... At our games, we do, like, four rounds of general trivia, you know, themed uh, history and the arts or sports and games... Uh, entertainment, science, and geography. And then we have a fifth round that changes every week. So I took one of my fifth rounds. Uh, and it's it basically, it's kind of a fun little play on it. It's it's trivia adjacent. Uh, it's This is all a music-based round. Ah, oh, shit. Ooh, yay. I'm going to call this round, What's Her Name Again? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a year and some paraphrased descriptors and lyrics from a song. You need to tell me the name of the girl... From the song, I need her first name. And if you want to give me the full name of the song, that's fine. I have them all here, and I'm gonna—I'll tell you what it is afterwards. Are we answering as a whole or one by one? You guys can work as a team on this one. We like to talk. That's how we are. So you guys can work as a team to figure this out. Yeah, just go through them one at a time. I would assume. Yep, exactly. So we'll go through—we'll uh, go through just one at a time. Thumbs up, guys. Let's do this. Ready? Yes. All right. Question number one: 1972. She lives in a town near the water where lots of ships dock. 
Some might call her fine. That's the, um... Jenny, you're a fine girl, right? Yeah, it's Brandy. Brandy, Brandy. yeah. Ah, the old looking glass tune, yeah. Yeah. That's the impetus from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Ego uses Mm -hmm. that as his, the C is my, my true love, not you, Brandy. Yeah. It is Brandy by Looking Glass. And yes, actually, this is what sparked the round. I was watching earlier in the day when I wrote this round, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I'm like, huh, you know, he keeps using this as an analogy. I could turn this into a question. And I'm like, I could turn this into a round. How did you find 10 women's names in the titles of songs? (laughs) I don't know. With the millions and millions of songs out there at this point, it was a little hard. But uh, I think you're going to know most of these. I smell some collusion over there. (laughs) Going into question number two. 1965. She was going to be my wife. I need help to get her out of my heart. This one's not ringing any bells for me right off the top of my head. I'll let you guys mull this over a little bit, but if you tap out, I'm pretty sure I have the answer on it. What are we thinking? We're looking at, like, Dylan, Beatles. Well, 65 would have been, like, very early Beatles. Maybe... I can't even... I can't even pull any ones from before. Like, that's about where I start knowing lyrics really well. Maybe somebody earlier than that, like... Um, uh, I feel I want to nudge you guys here a little bit. Uh, you had said the Beatles. You got the right idea, but you are too far east. So, Beach Boys? Uh, help me, Rhonda. Is it Rhonda? Help me, Rhonda, yeah. Get her out of my heart. Yay! <laughs> Didn't we talk about this last week? Beach Boys is so far out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Pet Sounds is a great album. So is Smile. Yeah, it is Help Me Rhonda by the Beach Boys. Did we talk about them last week? We did. We brought up Pet Sounds and how it was like the second uh, greatest Rolling Stone album of all time. Mm. (laughs) All right. Let's get to question number three then. Uh, The year is 1975. She rings like a bell through the night. Would you stay if she promised you heaven? Uh, Rhiannon. Yeah. Right on top of it. Aaron. Yeah. Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac. I knew a music. <laughs> you did. I'm done. Tapping out. Like, she didn't even hesitate. I saw a really awesome uh, video on YouTube about a week or two ago. It's by a channel called Polyphonic that I follow because they do really, like, awesome in-depth analysis of uh, music, specifically, like, the composition of modern music or pop music or, like, the stories behind how songs get made. And apparently, like, Stevie Nicks really, really got into Celtic lore around that time and decided the story of Rhiannon in like Celtic mythology really resonated with her. So she took it and applied it to like a modern day pastiche and wrote what is really one of the most awesome, like female led rock pop songs of all time. It is by far one of my favorite uh, Fleetwood Mac songs. Yeah. And apparently 45 years later, she's still working on the arrangement of it, making it bigger and better and more like, true to the mythos that she pulled it from from what i understand hmm. yeah check out a, a modern era live version of Rihanna, and you'll see what i mean all right going into the next one 1982 all i want to do in the middle of the evening is hold her tight did you know that a girl like her could make you feel so sad that's um uh god damn it <laughs> na, 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 na. rosanna rosanna by toto Right? That is Rosanna by Toto. Uh, huh. Yeah, this one actually wasn't ringing a bell until you started humming that. Yeah. 
I should have figured because middle of the evening is fucking stupid lyrics, and that is Toto all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, as we all recently falsely learned, <laughs> Kilimanjaro is hundreds of miles from the Serengeti. Nowhere near the Serengeti. Also, it rises like Olympus. Like, it's a mountain. I'm going to compare it to their mountain. It's the height of simile. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. All right, question number five. 2005. Don't worry about the distance. I'll pay the bills with this guitar. If you see her, tell her hey. I, I can name that tune in five words, Jeremy. Yeah, right. Don't worry about the distance was enough for me. I'm, I'm wondering if anybody else is struggling on this or if we just kind of tap in. Uh, no, that's plain white tees. Hey there. Yep. Yeah. What's her name? Nobody said their name. Delilah. 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 There we go. Yes. Hey there, Delilah by the plain white tees. I have a niece named Delilah. Oh, very nice. Do people sing creepy songs about her too? Because that's a creepy song. I don't know. They shouldn't. I hope they don't. I don't know if I've met her. I, th- I think I have. If you wanted to ramp up the difficulty in this round, Jeremy, I would maybe suggest if you wanted to keep Delilah in, didn't Tom Jones do a relatively well-known song named Delilah also? I believe he did, yes. Yeah. This is more accessible, and I liked it. Yeah, and, we'll, and we've talked about it in the past um, how I write. The, I wrote this round for my um, uh, for our uh, B set, which is the kind of the easier set. I'd say more medium for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, where, I, I'm honestly, at this, at this show, this round... Um, at my show, only got I want to say about a fifty to sixty percent get rate. Wow. Okay. So I've known two. So step off there with that too easy nonsense, sir. <laughs> I mean, and those of us who do karaoke regularly and host karaoke, yeah, a lot of these lyrics should be like, okay, I, people sing this all the time. Um, but uh, it really was. I was. I thought it might have been too easy, but I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. And it was right where I wanted it to be. Which made me happy. Now, I could see some shows where people are like, you know, like you guys are knocking this out of the water, but how many of us also host karaoke? So, me. Yeah, I mean, several of these are, are good and vague enough. That one, just because the lyrics in the first two sentences are, are like verbatim. Yeah. Oh, that one was like a 90% get. That question was a 90% get rate or so. Like, that was the one that like almost everybody got. And I think I only had one social during this round, which was surprising. Okay. And that might have been it. I know there was like one social. Um, but all right, let's just go into question number six. The year's 1978. She doesn't have to wear that dress tonight, whether it's wrong or right. <laughs> all right, all right. Looking at the big picture, I'm pretty sure she's a prostitute. <laughs> this is one of those cases where I think the wording of the question is better than the answer is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's another one where we don't have to answer. We can just move on. <laughs> um, but you'd be surprised. Actually, this one was a low get rate, and I was really? surprised. I thought really? this is the one I wrote as the get because of the, the joke at the end. Well, look at the big picture. I'm pretty sure she's just a prostitute. If we do have to say the answer, could I please say it? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to do the uh, Moulin Rouge voice. Oh, God. No. God, I hate that. That's, oh, that's my least favorite part of that entire soundtrack. <laughs> Can I get a Morrissey read on the lyrics to Roxanne real quick? Oh my god. <laughs> but yes, that was Roxanne by the police, 1978. Wasn't that a bit on SNL when Sting was in the elevator with uh, Dana, Dana Carvey? That rings a bell, yeah, I think that was. Roxanne! <laughs> he just kept saying it in the same voice. Well, there's a, there's a funny game um, that 
you can play like I think it was like summer camp and stuff like that. Uh, you can play as kind of an icebreaker when you're trying to get a whole bunch of people like into a room, and you pull a bunch of them up the stage and you play this the song Roxanne, and every time they say Roxanne, you have to put a marshmallow in your mouth and start chewing. <laughs> and every time they say red light, you have to take a drink of Coke or something like that. Oh, and um, it, they react. And it doesn't end in vomit? Oh, no, but there is just like foam and crap everywhere. People are like, and then you have you, you put down a tarp. Like, you know it's going to end bad. But it's really funny because the entire crowd is cracking up by the end because people are trying not to like lose it out of their mouth. And it's just like oh. foaming everywhere. Uh, it's it's a really fun icebreaker. <laughs> See, I'm lame, and I just use that song as a drinking rules game at my karaoke shows. Yeah, you could do yeah, you could do that too as a drinking rules Roxanne. game. Roxanne. <laughs> All right, let's go to number seven then. The year 1982. She was like a beauty queen. I don't mind. Uh. She told me her name as she caused a scene. I'm pretty sure she's trying to trick me into paying child support. <laughs> All right, I feel like these these stings at the end are the best part of these questions, right. Jerry. Yeah. I had fun with this. I had a lot of fun with this. I feel like these last three should have been split apart. What's her name? That's Billie Jean. Billie Jean. That is Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Good old William Eugene herself. Yep. <laughs> uh, not about Billie Jean King, as surprising as that is. All right, question number eight. Uh, 2015, we're going to jump ahead a little bit. I want to dance like her. I can't get her out of my head. I can move mountains and work miracles. She said something about oaths and the very end of our wedding vows. Now we are entering the space where I stopped paying attention to pop music. This one took me a hot second uh, to parse through, but I've, I've got it. Can you say it again? I want to dance like her. I can't get her out of my head. I can move mountains and work miracles. She said something about oaths in the very end of our wedding vows. Is that Uma Thurman? That is Uma Thurman by Fallout oh. Boy. Nice pull there, Corey. I was trying to put together a moves like Jagger joke and mm-hmm. couldn't get there. <laughs> when you said can't get uh, can't get her out of my head, the only thing that I was thinking was Kylie Minogue. I was there yeah. too, and that threw me as I was trying to read the rest yeah, of the Yeah, that one threw me off, but then when he said it again, as soon as he said, I want to dance, like I went, Uma Thurman. It, the, the second, yeah. the, the repeat helped out. And that was, that the, and that's, that was the hook I was looking for there. And again, you know, the end, like, uh, taking part of the song, like, I, she said something about oaths and the very end of our wedding vows. That's the till death do us part lyric, right? Yeah. Till death yeah. do us part, yeah. Um, and that was the, that was the hook on that one. And I think like I, at my show, I want to say like three teams got that. I, I think it's one of the best ones in the set so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good read too, because the way that you said it, it does match the way that he says it, but you change it just enough by not saying her name mm-hmm. that it throws the rhythm of that sentence off. So my brain just went, I went, can't get you out of my head immediately. And I couldn't stop thinking of that <laughs> other song. And that's what I try to do with these. I, I wrote a very similar round for the Triviality guys uh, for a show that just came out. How dare you? It was the top, well, I took the top 15 karaoke songs according to um, Cracked, I think it was. They had a list. And I read them like this, where it was like, I took lyrics from the song, but I read them very out of uh, canter. Mm-hmm. And it literally, it, it was a lot of fun because they, they did a great job editing it back together. But the amount of time the teams took to try to, like, parse through these lyrics was fantastic. I'm like, I did a good job because I really, like, like I don't get this. And they were, like, they weren't, like, obscure. It was, like, straight from either the course, like, one of the main verses. It wasn't, like, I pulled something from the bridge that you hear one time. 
Um, it was like, they, and they were popular songs. So I, I'm purposely trying to keep these out of canter. So for those of you hosts out there that like music, but don't do music trivia, like name that tune style trivia, you, you've got some, some ability to put really neat questions together in a text format. Yeah. All right. So next one, question nine, 2002. Don't be fooled by the jewelry she has. She called them rocks. She used to have a little, but she has a lot more now. Oh, um, I think the light bulb just went off over Jeff's head. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to think if it's, is that, um, is that Jenny from the block? That is Jenny from yeah. the block. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm like, wait, I know it. I know it rhymes with rocks. That's uh, okay. That that's that's what got me. Is when the way you said rocks, I'm like, oh, I got it. <laughs> All right. So the last one, I think everybody's gonna get this one. Actually, this was the social. This one, everybody got, and the entire room started singing. So I think you're gonna get it. Here it is. Question number ten. Two thousand three. I go to her house every day after school. It's not mm-hmm. to see her though. She's just not the girl for me. Her mom though, she's got it going on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that 100% I know that right off the bat. Yeah, my favorite part is this song title is arguably about two different women, depending on how you interpret uh, which part of the answer you're looking for. Yes, it could be Stacy or Mom. Now, yeah, the, the answer's looking for was Stacy because mm-hmm. she's the person in the title. The title. But it is cool. Stacy's Mom. She's got it going on. Uh, Stacy's yeah. Mom by Fountains of Wayne. All right. Um, do you guys have anything to add before we go into our wrap-up here? No, I'm all done. That was fun. I don't normally get music questions so i appreciated that i got some of those so thank you yeah not only did you get some of them you got that you got rihanna fast yeah like, it was like instant. instant like i was like <laughs> barely finished reading the question rihanna like uh, <laughs> right? yeah yeah it is yeah the ones i know i know and then i don't know anything else <laughs> if i don't know within the first three seconds i'm hopeless I, say, I tend to write a lot of music rounds like that um instead of going straight into like music i don't know i like to have fun with it so that's one of my that's one of my rounds like that's one of my uh just fun rounds when i'm not writing basic trivia you know like to a category uh that's one of my theme rounds so just wanted to share that i as as your boss and benevolent trivia daddy i really like the work you did with this (laughs) round um from outside the podcast (laughs) perspective like honestly uh i was proud to present this round at my shows you did really good work man do more of it (laughs) thank you (laughs) <laughs> this is now your benchmark, so don't fuck up for the rest of the uh, career run. All right, what do you think, guys? Uh, it is, I think we have maybe 10 more minutes before Aaron starts hating us because she's on the East Coast. 20, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, You're on the clock. You are in luck. I have a 19-minute thesis I'd like to present to you about <laughs> the genius of the lyrics of Fountains of Wayne. It all begins with their first album, Fountains of Wayne. No, I'm just kidding. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, it has. Uh, so let's uh, do some outro. Uh, plug your business again. Plug your uh, social media, your Twitch. Uh, let's start with you, Aaron. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy being sassy. Uh, I'm Aaron with Orange Cat Trivia in Richmond, Virginia. You can find me on social media at Orange Cat Trivia, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and Gmail. Jason? Hi. Uh, I'm Jason with Liquid Courage <laughs> Entertainment. Uh, that is Courage with a K, Debo, who keeps reminding me to put that in every episode. Uh, and you can find Jeremy and I through that on uh, my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash liquid courage. Uh, you can email me at jason at liquid I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter. They're easy to find. I rarely use them. 
Uh, I'm Corey. All right, Corey. Yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everyone find you, Corey? Uh, every Wednesday, get on your favorite podcast shit and download the newest episode. And you can check me out there. <laughs> or look for me on whatever social media you're on. Just search Third Degree Entertainment and I'll probably show up. Alrighty. Jeff, how about you? I've been Jeff Bim with RMT Trivia in and around Chicagoland area. You could find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram and Twitter I just don't do much with, but I'm there. And Twitch at just RMT Trivia. All right, and I am Jeremy. You can find me on Twitter at JerWG. You can find me at all the Liquid Courage stuff Jason messaged. And you can find us at the Quadrivia Podcast at quadriviapod at gmail.com. Send us your emails, your uh, keyword suggestions, your ideas for a roundtable, a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, or just anything else you want to send us. Quadriviapod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at quadriviapod. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, if you do facebook.com slash quadriviapod, we have a page now with an actual link. Do we have an OnlyFans? No, we have a, we have a site now. Thank you to Corey, www.quadriviapodcast.com, where you'll find the polls every week. Other than that, unless anybody else has something to add. Yeah, uh, like the actual we'll ending of this episode. Yeah, like we are awful at outros. We haven't figured out how to end these episodes yet. Deuces. Uh, Aaron and I are in kind of the same boat in, in as much as uh, we're close to, oh, that's shit. I should back that up because that's awful. I'm trying to throw it to Aaron in not an awful way. Uh, well, here, I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> you know, I know who could probably chime in on that. Who's that, Corey? Aaron. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you guys. My mom's been texting me because she's freaking out. Um, so I was only half listening. So, um, 